Good morning, Full Life family. How you doing this morning? Oh, y'all can do better than that. How you doing? You glad to be in church this morning? You know, it's nothing like being in the house of the Lord with, with other people worshiping a great God. Amen? Can you do me a favor? Help me join, join me in welcoming our online audience. We want to say welcome to you. We hope you've already experienced the presence of God uh, in your living room, wherever you're at, like we have in the room today. So just a couple of things, uh, just remind you, remember what Amber said, this Friday is our last uh, prayer and worship service of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'd love for you to, to be a part of that, and let's just uh, really just end up this 21 days worshiping our Savior, amen, 7 p.m., and then, you know, you, you saw the video, the, the recap of yesterday, what a blessing it was to minister to over 250 families. Can you give the Lord praise for that today? Um, there are a lot of hurting people in our world today, amen, and you're making a difference. Those of you that volunteer, let me say a huge thank you to you for, for uh, taking part of that and, and just sacrificing a Saturday morning to be a part of that. And if you'd like to be a part of that at, um, in the future, you can sign up for those, when those things come up, you can sign up for them on the Church Center app. Well, we're in this uh, third week of our series on the Beatitudes. Has anybody been enjoying our series on the Beatitudes? I tell you what, it's been really um, changing my heart as I've been studying for this, these messages. And I tell you, this week is no different. I, I believe actually out of the three that we've already done, this one has been impacting me the most over the last few days as I've been studying. And we're going to talk about the, the idea of, of being meek. But first, I want to kind of just really just remind you of the overview of the Beatitudes. Remember, every one of the Beatitudes, Jesus said the word blessed. And we talked about what that, that word means. It really means happy, but it's not the, the happiness that you would think of that the world would, would kind of give a definition of, of this based on your circumstances. When life's good, you're good, or when it's down, you're down. No, it's an inward joy that only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so you can say through the, through the best times and the worst times that God is good. Can I get an amen this morning? So happy are you. And then he, he finishes it out with some kind of benefit. There's things that you, you get as a result of walking in this beatitude. Things like uh, inheriting the kingdom of heaven or uh, being comforted or like we're going to talk about today, inherit the earth. And so there's always a benefit to walking in these beatitudes that we've been talking about. And so what I'd like to do today is I want to pick up in the third one, and let's read. It's in Matthew chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to that, or if you want to look on the screen. And then I encourage you to take notes as we're talking today. I think there's some things that you could really take away from this message that will really help you as you become a Jesus follower. There's one more thing I want to mention before we read it. You'll notice that all of these, all of these Beatitudes are countercultural, which means the world does things a certain way, and, and Christ's economy, his kingdom, works totally opposite and different. And that's a good thing. Why? Because we know that what God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what they say needs to happen, should happen, and will happen, and we can rest in that. Amen? The fact that we're in the hands of a loving, gracious, merciful God. So let's read. Go with me to Matthew chapter 5, and it says, Blessed are the meek. Everybody say meek. For they will inherit the earth. And so here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you about what it looks like to be meek. And here's, here's where it needs to start. You know, as a, as a follower of Jesus, as you 
uh, came into faith in Christ, you placed your faith in Christ's finished work on the cross. And in that moment, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit began to work in your life, began to change you. And so if you want to walk in meekness, here's the first thing that you need to do. You need to be submitted to the Spirit of God. Can I get an amen today? Now, that's countercultural. Why? Because in America, we've taught people, we've said it, even our country is based on independence, right? And so we think that we've, we've done it ourselves. We've picked ourselves up by the bootstraps. We've worked hard to get to where we are. And those things are true. But the, the reality is even the ability for you to do work comes from him. Amen? So the, the best thing that you can do, the most important thing that you can do as a, a Jesus follower, submit to the Holy Spirit. And there's a benefit to that because when you submit, guess what happens? He begins to work. And how many of you know he can do a way better job of working on you than you can do yourself? Amen? So let's go to John chapter 14. I want to give you some insight into the Spirit's work in your life. If you're submitted to the Spirit, here's what you need to do. Number one, Jesus taught this in John chapter 4. He said, but the advocate or helper, right, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, what will he do? He will teach you some things. No, all things. Why is he able to teach you all things? Because he's the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He created wisdom. He created knowledge. And so who better to let teach you than the one who knows all? Amen? And so it says he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is always pointing you to the wisdom of Jesus. Amen? He's pointing you to the truth of God. Amen? And so when we submit to him, we have the benefit of allowing him to teach us the ways of God. Anybody love the ways of God? Anybody want to learn the ways of God? Well, the best thing you can do is to submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. Here's another passage in Galatians chapter 5. Paul gives us a clear picture. He actually gives us some really good advice. He says, so I say what? Walk by the Spirit and what will happen? You'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. One translation says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what the nature craves. So if we allow the Holy Spirit to guide our lives, what happens? We begin to see the result and the outcome. Can I give you a picture? Anybody love horses in here? Anybody have a horse, ride a horse? Anybody? Just a few of you. So if you're thinking about a horse, and you, if you just look at a horse, you see muscles everywhere, right? And you know that inside that horse, there's this great potential for strength, right? Now, if you go and watch them and look at them in the wild, they're running around just eating, and they're not really, there's nothing really happening. They're not accomplishing anything. But if somebody takes that horse who knows what they're doing, and they train that horse they can harness that power. Y'all with me? And that horse goes from being just wild and just doing whatever it wants to being harnessed, and it becomes way more productive. Y'all with me? The same is true for us. When we're doing it on our own, when we're walking and trying to go through life on our own, we're just all over the place. But when we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, we have this harnessed power that comes from him and we're much more productive in walking the, the Christian walk. Amen? 
Anybody ever um, watched the series Heartland on Netflix? How many have seen that before? So if you've not seen that, that, that show before, it's a story about a, a young girl who's a horse whisperer. She loves horses, but she has this special gift of training and taming horses. And so here's what she'll do. She'll, she'll find one. They'll find it in the wild. Or somebody who has a horse that's just giving them all kinds of trouble, they'll bring them to her, and she has this way of connecting with the horse, talking to the horse, and it doesn't matter what kind it is. And eventually, the horse, she's able to train the horse and teach the horse to do what it was designed to do. But here's the thing. The horse, there are some horses that no matter how much training she gives them, they're going to do their own thing. Does that sound familiar to anybody? And so only those horses that are willing to be trained can be trained. So for you and I, here's the idea. We need to submit to the power of the Holy Spirit, letting him train us, teach us, guide our lives. And when that happens, we become this vessel that Christ can use. Can I get an amen today? So here's how we'll define this idea of, of meekness. It's not, you know, some people have this wrong conception of meekness that, it's, that you're weak. Anybody ever heard that, that? Heard people say that? The meek are weak. That's not true. The meek are not weak. All it is is meekness is power under control. Under control of the Holy Spirit. And so when we learn how to say Holy Spirit, I give you my life, lead my life, you watch, you watch. When you allow him to do it, transformation begins to happen. Can we do that right now? Can we just say, Holy Spirit, will you, get, will you guide my life? I give you control this very moment. Amen. Here's another thing to consider. Jesus is a perfect example of this idea of meekness. It's power under control. Think about this for a second. The second person of the Trinity, the one who at the very beginning of time with his own breath spoke the world into existence. That's power, right? Would you agree that's power? He submitted himself to the limitations of being a human being for one reason, to do another submission, and that's to submit himself to the cross of Christ. So if he's our example, then we can do the same thing. Because here it is, this guy, this man who has such potential, such power, says, you know what, I'll submit. Why? Because there was a greater purpose that he had in mind. What was that purpose? Gl gladly, we know that he came to die on the cross so you and I could experience eternal life. Is that good news this morning? And so this morning, let me just challenge you, submit to the Holy Spirit, and you'll get an outcome. You'll be able to walk in love. You'll be able to walk in peace. You'll be able to walk in joy. Does it sound familiar to anybody? You'll be able to walk in faithfulness and goodness and meekness and self-control. You'll be able to resist temptation. Amen? Why? Because you're not controlling anymore. Who is? He is. So that's my challenge to you. Point number two. I'll make this statement. The meek they rest in Jesus. Has anybody feel, felt anxious lately or maybe over the last couple of years? Am I the only one? Has anybody felt a, a sense of 
you know, I, I'm just not in control. Things, things are happening to me. I can't, I can't control it. And, and it, it causes anxiety. It causes, causes worry. It causes sleepless nights. When the reality is right, right before you, there's an opportunity for you to rest in Jesus. Here's how he says it. It's a very clear statement in Matthew chapter 11. Watch what he says. He says, come unto me. What does he say? All that labor and are, and I will give you what? Everybody say rest. How many need some rest? And I'm not talking about just physical rest. I'm talking about rest for your soul. Rest for your spirit. And then watch what he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And watch what he says. I am, everybody say it, and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's the truth. When we try to do it ourselves, we take on a yoke. You know what a yoke is, right? They, they would take, you know, animals and they would yoke them together. What are they doing? To get work done, right? To plow a field, whatever it is, to make sure they're going somewhere, getting something done. But when we take on a, the yoke ourselves, when we try to do things ourselves, it's a heavy burden. Listen to me, folks, that you were not meant to carry. Amen. And so what Jesus is saying, give it to me. Here, take this yoke. Why? Because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's those who try to do it on their own and to work out life. They're the ones who are the most stressed. They're the ones who are the most anxious and worried. Why? Because they weren't meant to carry it. So the meek, here's what they do. They find rest. And the reason they find rest is, like the the first point, they've given it to him. Everybody say, I'm going to give it to him this morning. So it brings rest in the fact that we're in Jesus this morning, that we're sons and daughters. Are anybody glad that you're a son or daughter of God this morning? He is, listen to me, he is, Jesus is the source of your gifting. He is the source of your confidence. He's the source of your power, amen. And when we acknowledge that, here's what happens. There's a humility that comes. We humbly understand who the source of our confidence is and who the source of our power is. Are y'all with me? I think the writer of Hebrews gives us a a clear idea of that in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. So we can say with confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. Now watch what he says. The Lord is my helper, so I have no fear what mere men or men people can do to me. Where does your help come from? It should come from the maker of heaven and earth. Amen? And you have confidence in that. There's not this wavering. No, there's a sure confidence because I'm resting in my relationship with Jesus that he's helping me, that he is, he's the one doing the work. And what's the outcome? Rest. Everybody take a deep breath. You feel, everybody feel relaxed, resting. Why? Because you're in the presence of Jesus. Amen. I'd like to say it this way. There's a quiet confidence about you. That when people, when you talk to people, when you interact with people, they're like, how can you stay so calm in the middle of such turmoil? 
How can you stay so just confident in the, in the moments where things are so, just such chaos? Well, it's because I'm in Christ. It's because I'm leaning on, not on my own understanding, not on my own strength. I'm leaning on the strength of Christ. Remember, he's the creator of the world. Remember, he's the one who has all power. He's omnipotent. Amen? And so when I can understand this, I, I give him this, I have confidence in him, there's a rest that comes. There's a confidence that comes. Because remember, what, what is Jesus saying through all of these beatitudes? I'm giving you a happiness. I'm giving you a joy that's not based on my circumstances. It's not based on what's happening in me or to me. Amen? It's all about his power at work. And with that becomes a confidence and a rest. Does that help anybody today? Because I, I can see it. Some of you, you've been striving. You've been, it's like a, a squirrel or a, a, a hamster on a wheel. Anybody have a hamster before? Man, they're going to town, right? And they're getting nowhere. That's some of you today. You've been doing it on your own. You've been trying. I can do this. Wait, I'm still here? There's a simple solution, folks. It's that simple to say, Lord, I want to rest in you. Take this burden, take this striving that I've been doing, and I humbly submit to you. Does that help? Number three, the meek live a full life in Christ. If you're looking for a picture a full life in Christ, it's the, it's the walk of meekness. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, if we put all this together, we're submitted to the Holy Spirit, right? We're resting and we have confidence, full confidence in the power of Jesus, his work in our hearts. We can begin to live a full life in Christ. Notice it's, it's never just full life. It's always Full life, help me, in Christ. Always. You cannot have a full life apart from Christ. So here's the reason. The person who is meek, here's how they live. They live out humility. They live out forgiveness. They live out contentment. They live out gentleness. And so if you're able to walk, to, so under the umbrella of meekness are those four words. So here's the person who has a full life in Christ. They've submitted themselves to God. And so they walk in humility. Guess what? How many of you want your relationships to flourish? Your marriages to flourish? Your friendships to flourish? Your, your relationship with your boss or your coworkers to flourish? How many of you want that? Raise your hand. Lift your hand. Walk in meekness. Because Think about this. If you're walking in humility, who are you thinking about more? Yourself or somebody else? It's always somebody else. Now listen. Remember we said meekness isn't weakness, isn't thinking less of yourself. And that's what humility is. I'm not thinking less of myself. I know who I am in Christ. I'm a son or daughter of God. But I'm thinking of myself less. And when that happens, folks, I guarantee you, your marriages will flourish. Amen? 
because you're always thinking about your spouse first. You're always giving them first place. You're, 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 you're submitting to them. Amen. And then you're walking in gentleness. Anybody know anybody that's just always just and don't poke your spouse. Come on now. No, remember, you're submitted to the Holy Spirit. You're resting in Christ. With that comes this gentleness that you can speak to people with. As I was studying for this message, I was reading a sermon by Charles Spurgeon. Anybody ever heard of Charles Spurgeon before? Great theologian. And he told a story about a guy who was in a, he was, he was sitting down in a restaurant and this guy was provoked, trying to provoke him, you know? He, would, he threw a, a glass of beer in the guy's face and he just wiped it off his napkin. The guy comes over and does it a second time. Wipes it off. Does it a third time. Begins to curse at him and his gentleness brought this guy to his knees. Not once did he retaliate. He dealt with this guy in gentleness. And guess what? The guy says, listen, I want what you got. If we dealt in gentleness more often, would people not be more attracted to Jesus? When people see us dealing with our spouse or our friends and talking to them in gentleness and and caring, is that not attractive? Is it? Absolutely it is. And then the meek walking contentment. What do you mean by that, pastor? Listen, they're they're not striving they're, they're enjoying life because they're not tethered to this idea of the American dream of trying to make more money. Is it wrong to make money? No. I mean, we, we got to make a living. we gotta, we got to feed our families, right? But when we're tethered to this idea of making more money, heaping on ourselves money, it, again, it, it kind of it binds us up. But the person who's content, they understand who is really providing. Amen? That even the ability to work comes from the master. And then we see that they, they're not, listen, and I'm not talking about, I am not promoting laziness in one, one bit. Amen? Because the, the proverb says the person who works hard will be able to make it. Right? So here's, here's how it works. I work hard. I earn a living, but I always do it with the understanding that it's Christ that's giving me the ability. That truly, that really, the provision comes from him. Amen? He is the source of provision for me. And the meek walk in humility, in gentleness, and then they walk in contentment. And then there's one more thing that we'll describe. They're not, they're not easily offended. They have a thick skin. Why is that? Because of that quiet confidence in here. Listen, you can talk about me all you want to. You can say things about me all you want to. But the fact of the matter is it's simply not true because I know who I am in Christ. I am loved by God. I walk daily in his grace. I walk daily in his mercy. And you can't, you cannot, it's like this, this shield that you have that no hard words can penetrate because you have this quiet confidence of knowing who you are in Jesus. Your identity is settled in the fact that Christ hung on a cross, walked out of the tomb, and now he's living in here. Is that good today? 
This is, this is a picture of what the full life in Christ looks like because you're meek. I love because there's some passages, one passage in particular, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Watch this. What does he say? But godliness with contentment is great gain. So the truly wealthy, the truly blessed are those who are content knowing they're in Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad I'm in Christ. Are you glad for that today? And here, here can I just, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent just a little bit, but I, I want to make a point. So one of the most destructive things on the planet is religion. Wait, isn't Christianity a religion? Well, there have been people who have tried to make it that way, but it's not that way. It's truly a relationship. And here's the reason religion is so destructive. Religion says, let me do something. Let me work hard. Let me find a way to earn favor with God by what I do. Folks, that's destructive. That's a lie of the enemy. Because what Christ did on the cross was enough. Amen. And so if I can do something I can work hard and, and be a good person and earn my own salvation. Guess what happens? The, the focus is on me. And I can brag about how holy I am. And that person over there isn't as holy as me. Folks, that's the destruction of religion. When the opposite is true, when I understand and I acknowledge that Christ's finished work was enough, I can rest in that. And every work, now listen, I'm not telling you not to work. Amen? You're not going to sit around being lazy. No, you're going to work, but here's the reason you're working. Not to earn favor with God, but because you already have, have favor with God. That's what grace is all about. So the person who's meek, they understand that. They understand that. Remember the week one, I don't really have anything to give God. I'm spiritually poor. I'm spiritually bankrupt. And so because of the cross, I can come to God and I can say, you know what? I need you. And I find forgiveness. And now the work that I do, I do because I'm thankful for Christ's work. Does that help anybody today? Folks, the full life is not a life of striving. It's not a life of I'm under a bondage. Actually, I'm free now because of Jesus We never can call everything, we never can teach the Beatitudes. We can't do any of this without pointing back to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Amen? Okay. So truly, if you're in Christ, you're walking in humility, you're walking in gentleness, you're walking in contentment. You're walking in forgiveness. You're walking where nobody can, can really hurt you. There's no offense taken and you can walk in a purpose. How many you know God created you on purpose for a purpose? You're on this earth for a reason. And every gift that you have, God wants to take that gift, multiply that gift, so that you can benefit his kingdom. That's really what he had. Your purpose is to build the kingdom of God. Amen? That's why you're on planet earth. And so everything that you have, everything that you, your giftings, your talent, your money, everything is meant to serve others and, and bring them into the kingdom of God. Amen. 
So lastly, as we're closing this up, the meek have a great inheritance. Is that good news this morning? Here's what the Bible says, that when you come to faith in Christ, you are a joint heir with Jesus. Amen? I was thinking about this, too, as I was studying a little bit this morning. You know, in the very, the very first book of the Bible, God says to Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful and multiply. And then he says, have dominion. He gave them stewardship of the earth, of everything that we see. As a matter of fact, he, he empowered and delegated naming the animals to Adam. And in, in essence, at the very beginning, the earth belonged to, the, to us. He gave it for our enjoyment. Does that make sense? Although he still owns everything, right? But we're just stewards of what he, what he and we inherited that. Well, the enemy came in. What did he do? He tempted Adam and Eve. They gave in. They forgot who they were. A momentary lapse in who they were cost them stewardship. Amen? And then here's what happened. Jesus came, and he died on the cross. And now we have access to that stewardship again in a powerful way. Amen? In essence, when you're meek, you inherit the earth because everything that we, ha- we see created by God, the mountains. Anybody love going to the mountains? I have this place that I've dreamed of going. Anybody ever heard of Banff, Canada? Anybody seen pictures of that? Beautiful lake, green water, like the beautiful emerald water with the mountains snow-capped. Can you picture that? Anybody love the mountains? Or some of you are beach people. Any beach people in here? Come on. So you love just going and letting, you, letting the water hit your feet. Anybody like that? My wife loves that. She'll sit at the water all day long, and I'm under a tent and trying not to get burnt. But everything that you see, the mountains, the oceans, all of God's creation is meant for us to enjoy. Amen? That's the beauty of being in Christ. You, can have, you have a better picture of enjoying the things he created. So in essence, you're inheriting the earth by being able to enjoy what God's created. Amen? But that's not it. How many of you know that one day when Christ returns, he's going to judge the world? Which means all the injustice that's ever been done, God's going to make it right. Are you glad for that today? And then he's going to do something. He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. The earth as we know it now, the Bible says it's going to be burned up. It's going to be purified with fire. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Guess what? He's going to restore things. You think Banff is beautiful? You wait and see what God does the second time. Words will not be able to describe how beautiful and how powerful this new, this new heaven and this new earth will be. Folks, in that essence of that, you get it now, but you also get it then as an inheritance. You get an eternal life, but you also get everything that God's created you to have. Amen? Is that, is that great? Remember, blessed are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's You know what that does, Ron? It speaks to me of the goodness of God. Of how awesome and powerful and loving and kind he is. He wants wants his kids to enjoy life. Do you believe that? 
That's why I hate people that are they're supposed to be Christians. They walk around all the time with growls on their faces and they're constantly complaining. And you're like, can you imagine somebody that's not a Christian saying, I want that? Listen, I can get that now. Amen. I can get that right now. That's nothing different than what I'm already experiencing. No, Christ said, I came to give you more. I died for more. I died to give you peace. I died to give you joy. I died to give you humility. I died to give you all of the things, these great things as an inheritance. Does anybody are glad for that this morning? You're in line for it. You're in line for it. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm in line for that. Does anybody look forward to that? There's a commentary that I was reading because, again, this, this perspective that we have, it's different than the world, right? There's a state of contentment and understanding that the earth is ours in a sense. We've inherited it. Watch this. Their serenity, talk about meek people, right? Their serenity helps them find the maximum of true joy in all. Everybody say all. All conditions of life, not based on circumstances. For, them, for to them, the earth is not a stage for self-assertion and the graspings of desire, but, quote, unquote, an inheritance which they have received from the Father. I was reading this morning in Psalm 103. He treats us as a father. Amen? Provision. He's going to take care of you. That's why Jesus said, rest, rest. I got this. Turn your and say, God's got this. So what's your response today when you understand that the meek are submitted to the Holy Spirit, that you, you understand the meek rest in Jesus, that the meek live a full life in Christ, and the meek inherit the earth? Number one, that's my challenge. This is very practical. Not easy, but practical. Submit to the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been holding on. You've got the death grip on your life. I'm going to be in control no matter what. And here's what he's saying. Stop white knuckling it. Take your hands off and let me have it. Number two. Rest. Everybody say rest. Rest in the fact that you're in Christ. That his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Again, take your hands off. Number three, enjoy life. Enjoy life. Yeah. Enjoy life. And here's how you do it. You walk in humility, forgiveness, contentment. You got a thick skin. Nothing can really get to you because you know you have that. Remember that quiet confidence. That's what meekness is. That quiet confidence. Not in your power, but in his. Number three. Number four, excuse me. Understand that you are an heir with Christ. And your inheritance is great. Not only here, but where? Over there. Thank you for joining us for this week's service. We pray that God has used this moment to greatly impact your life. We invite you to live fully alive in Christ with us here at Full Life Church. We'll see you next week.